0: All right, good evening. Welcome to the March 6, 2023 Sacramento Youth Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum?
1: Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Bizrat?
2: Present. Present. Present.
1: Commissioner Bergen. Present. Commissioner Fong? Present. Commissioner Segura? Present. Commissioner Morley? Present. Commissioner Mukadar? Present. Commissioner Obolu. Is absent. Commissioner Patel? Present. Commissioner Urban? Is absent. And Vice Chair Sue, Present. Thank you, we have quorum.
0: I would like to remind members of the public in chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in the speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide a public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. Online, uh, if you're online, click on raise hand on the, button of your, on the bottom of your screen. Um, in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand button in the more tab. If you are calling via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine, uh, then unmute, uh, then to unmute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You have two minutes to speak once you are called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer expect, except speaker slips and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgment in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanan people, the Southern Maidu, all right the original people of this land, the Nissan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, uh, uh, Pituan, uh, Putwin-Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Ranchera, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, for liberty and justice for all. Our first business today is the approval of the consent calendar. Um, I'd like to make a motion. Wait. I'm gonna make a motion to move item two, which is under the consent calendar to the discussion calendar. Um, clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar?
1: Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no members online who wish to speak on the consent calendar.
0: Uh, thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar?
2: Motion. Second that motion.
0: We have a motion by Commissioner Segura and a second by Commissioner Bergen. Will the clerk please call the roll?
1: Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Bisrat? Present. Commissioner Bergen? Present. Commissioner Fong? Present. Commissioner Segura? Present. Commissioner Morley? Present. Commissioner Mukadar? Present. Commissioner Abolu is absent. Commissioner Patel? Present. Commissioner Urban is absent. And Vice Chair Sue. Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Um, All in favor of the motion, say aye. aye.
2: aye. 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 Aye.
0: Thank you. The motion passes. Um, we will now proceed to the discussion calendar. Um, can I make a motion to move item number two to the discussion calendar? It's already been moved. Oh, it's been moved right mm-hmm. Okay.
3: It was just a request. It should be good.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, um. Item number two is the presentation of the state seal of civic engagement. Is there a staff presentation? Yes. I'm not a
4: staff. <laughs> <laughs> um. Good
5: afternoon. or evening.
4: Um.
5: I am Dr. Healing Lee. And, oh, excuse me. We're going to put you right in the microphone. Oh, yeah. okay. Here. Oh, okay. That's better. Thank you. Sorry for that. I am Dr. Huiling Lee, and I am the Executive Director for Authentic Preparation Today, which is a statewide work group that consists of education thought leaders from all different corners of the education system. And we have been collaborating with the California Department of Education on the state seal civic engagement um, since 2018. So I've been invited uh, to share a little bit about the state CL civic engagement and progress so far. Um, thank you for all for having me. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit in terms of why this is really important, especially given the context that we've been operating in po- semi post pandemic, uh, with a lot of social unrest uh, residual from that. and. There's also a need in terms of changing education to be more relevant, rigorous, and engaging for students. I think in general there is a need for greater community engagement, there's greater need for student agency, and a greater need for students to understand the purpose of learning. And I I believe that's where the state civic engagement actually comes in. But there's also another need, which is understanding why education was created in the first place. There was a dual purpose. One was around economic productivity, and the other was preparing our youth for self-governance. And we haven't been doing the second part as much anymore. So I want to read this quote a little bit to you uh, from one of the teachers uh, out of the Civic uh, Task Force report. What he said is, There's not a magic power that comes down on your 18th birthday and hits you with a wand and says, now you're a great citizen. Go out there and do it. You have to teach this. It has to be part of the culture of school from kindergarten through 12th grade. So I admire all of you guys here in terms of your participation in the decision making that's there. But that's not readily available for most students. Furthermore, uh, just to demonstrate, this need, there really isn't an assessment of civic engagement and the ability for students to really participate as effective citizens. And the best assessment we have is from NAEP in its eighth-grade civics. And what has shown for the last thirty years is that eighty-five percent of students have been uh, below proficiency uh, in understanding our governance systems, and how to effectively participate in our democracy. Um, here's a little background on the State Seal Civic Engagement. It was created by AB 24 back in 2017, and it was approved, uh, the criteria was approved by the State Board back in 2020. And here's uh, some of the websites in terms of the criteria and the uh, how the State Board had actually discussed it. Um, so, there are equity challenges to civic learning. Our goal with the State SEAL civic engagement is that all students would actually have access to this State SEAL because, unlike most awards, this should be for all students, not just academically inclined. So, our goal is for all students, but also, I will recognize, recognize, like most things, there are civic opportunity gaps. The current reality is that not all students are interested or trust our governance systems, especially those who come from marginalized communities generally do not trust our governance systems, right? And so in a lot of ways from an equity perspective, we train our uh, communities to co-conspire with the system to to continually marginalize the populations that don't participate. Um, we also have other barriers to this, which is schools and educators are actually hesitant, may not necessarily be comfortable with student voice and agency, especially for, for uh, teachers that may struggle with classroom management. Uh, we also understand that our education system skews how we value education in some ways, in the sense that math and English are what's measured and what's valued. And so for the schools that actually struggle and serve a lot of underprivileged students, they generally don't have things like civic learning for their students. Um, And lastly, there's a lack of um, consensus in terms of what civic engagement is and what civic learning is. Um, So those are some of the barriers we come across and we want to address. On top of all, we are dealing with teacher shortages. So there are quite a few things that we're kind of struggling with in moving ahead. Nevertheless, we we have been. Um, Our statewide work group created uh, this State Seal Civic Engagement Implementation Roadmap, um, which really kind of does a little bit of what the State Seal Civic Engagement is, why it's important, but also laid out kind of these four guiding principles for how to implement it well. One is to ensure equitable, universal, and early access to state seal civic engagement, or civic learning, rather. Two is to ensure that there is a value and honor of uh, student experiences and their communities as actually assets. Three is to ensure that learning is actually student-centered, and this whole child is supported um, to affect positive change. And lastly, that there has to be supporting and enabling conditions uh, to support this work. So this this is actually really two pages but we've tried to cover a lot in that. We also talked a little bit about um, what you see in the leftmost piece kind of some of the promising practices what uh, initiatives already exist in school districts and schools and how to build on it so that it doesn't feel like one more thing for teachers and, and school officials um, And on top of that is the inquiry cycle, which is, Really, kind of what is high quality civic learning uh, and what should that entail? And I'll go into that a little bit more. Um, and if you're interested in seeing this, you could go to the website, civicseal.org, to find it. Um, so what is the State Seal Civic Engagement? So, um, it is a seal that is provided by the California Department of Education. That is to be put on a student diploma or transcript. To recognize juniors and seniors who have demonstrated excellence in civic education and participation, that the students have demonstrated understanding of the US Constitution, the California Constitution, and the democratic systems of governance. Um, and since there is lack of consensus or lack of clarity in terms of what civic engagement might mean, I wanted to share my definition. Um, and what I what I And I I do this because my Sac City client basically insists on sharing this each time because it it, it provides a little bit clearer perspective of what civic engagement should be. Civic engagement is really about participation in the decision-making around us on matters that are important to us and impact us. It is actually students recognizing that each one of us matters and that each one of us counts in a democratic society, no matter what our background is. And we have a right and a responsibility to use our knowledge and our voice to advocate to speak up for ourselves, for others, for what is right, for what is good, and for our community needs, whatever that community is, whether it's your family, your neighborhood, your schools, or larger communities, your city, your country, especially for those who are less fortunate. there are five criteria that is associated with the state seal civic engagement and these are the um, criteria set at the, at, by the California Department of Education. The first one is just really baseline academics. Again, academics is not the driving factor for the state seal civic engagement, but we do want to make sure that the students are on track for graduation. Two is these, this basic civic knowledge in terms of functions and governance of local governments, uh, the role of citizens in a constitutional democracy, and democratic principles, concepts, and processes, because it's important for you to actually access the systems of power in order to affect change. Um, but the most important part is this informed civic engagement project, basically civic Uh, activities that students would engage to to qualify for the state seal civic engagement. Um, And that students are not just checking off the mark and say, hey, I did something and I'm done, but that students also reflect on that that, uh, activity um, or set of activities or projects so that the learning actually happens, the reflection actually happens. And lastly, we want to make sure that there is a validation or kind of evidence that students have done work that reflects civic mindedness. So a little bit more about the civic engagement project and activities. So high quality civic engagement learning requires the students to go through this cycle of inquiry um, in terms of um, learning about and researching civic and political issues, discussing and deliberating those issues while considering multiple perspectives, working with others to take informed actions to address real world problems, and then to reflect on the process and the learning. And I'll go into each of these a little bit, but the whole point is that the students actually need to find issues or problems that you really really care about, that you deem worthy for you to research, no matter if it's needed for a class or not, but it affects the people you care about. Um, that you actually do the deeper research to do some of the root cause analysis and understanding some of the trends in terms of how it came to be and therefore be able to kind of develop more robust solutions for. We also want you to be able to um, engage in civil dialogue to talk to others, whether it's your peers, the experts in the community, or anyone else who may be affected by what you're um, interested in learning more about and that you come to some sort of conclusion um, and share that conclusion in some way, but that you also take informed action. So informed action, we have added to emphasize that there should be some sort of engagement with relevant decision makers to make change. Um, because oftentimes, kids or students are not necessarily given the opportunity to actually uh, make recommendations to adults. Um, as equals and saying that I know something. I have evidence of it. I have researched it, and I deserve to be listened to. Um, and lastly, reflection. We want students to learn about yourselves, your community, how, by, how power dynamics work in our society, how you may have grown, how you might have impacted your community or the common good, or not, because it's not that important whether you actually are able to kind of carry it through or not, but the fact that you actually had a chance to practice making a difference, um, and that you had a chance to think more deeply in terms of what else could you have done to create a deeper, and more lasting change. So. Um, I believe you all are from different school districts. Um, But here are some of the things that we want the adults and organizations to help students and partner with schools to do. Uh, We want the adults to connect the school with community partners. Uh, We want community partners to um, introduce problems or issues that they're struggling with that they could really use um, students to help with. to offer civic engagement opportunities, that means give time to actually listen to the recommendations, that's there. Uh, and to mentor through that whole civic, uh, the state seal civic engagement process. And lastly, to recommend students and endorse students for the uh, state seal civic engagement. So I kind of talked about the inquiry cycle a little bit. Um, but just to reiterate those points in terms of what are, what's really important, we just really want opportunities for kids to work with peers. students rather to work with your peers um, to better understand an issue that impacts a common good um, that you could actually support your community through further research and investigation that could happen online through surveys interviews or conversations um, that you have a chance to practice civil discourse to deal with conflict to deal with differing opinions not to just listen to your uh, echo chambers who believe the same views as you but to actually explore differences um, and explore root causes of a problem to develop more effective solutions to community problems. Um, And to build public awareness of an issue um, to foster public support. And to, again, to engage with decision makers to advocate for your ideas for a specific course of action. And lastly, to reflect. Um, I'm gonna skip this because I think Oftentimes the, what we've done in, in terms of supporting the work across the state is there's um, often a misunderstanding in terms of what civic engagement is and what service learning is. Oftentimes I believe most of you are exposed to what service learning is and oftentimes it's it's really about community volunteering or volunteering in the community. And that's great in the sense that you find an issue or community issue that you want to address and you want to do something about. But, the difference with civic engagement is that we want you to go through that cycle of inquiry to actually make longer uh, longer term uh, impacts in the community. Um, so the state seal civic engagement just went through its second year of implementation. The first year there were uh, around 5,000 students that, that received the state seal civic engagement across the state. This past year there were 10,000. Um, Sacramento County uh, was around, you know, kind of like six um, amongst all the different counties and actually got around 679 uh, recipients for the state seal civic engagement. Here are the um, three districts and two charter schools that participated in the state seal civic engagement this past year. Our hope is that there would be more uh, districts and schools participating. These are Sac City's um, information. I've been supporting Sac City a little bit in terms of ramp up for the past two years. Um, So they had 14, well, nine of the 14 high schools participating, um, and 96 uh, recipients of the state seal civic engagement. And what we did is not only did we get provide the seals, which you see on the on. It, which is really like a sticker that you would put on your diploma or transcript. But we, are, we also provide certificates and um, made medals um, for graduating students. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the state seal civic engagement, there's two websites I would direct you to. One is from the California Department of Education, and the other um, that if you're not part of Sac City and you want your district to actually implement this, you can point them to Sac Cities and... I, I've asked for authorization for other districts to borrow, some, borrow their work so, so that they can uh, catch up or you know, have the resources available to support students to access the state seal civic engagement. Um, this is the application pl- packet and since then we've actually gone online. Um, everything is in, uh, through a student web portal now. Uh, but it's really, the application process is really simple. It's a one-pager of um, content information, contact information of the students and the recommenders, a quick summary of what the students have done. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. Now, the student reflection is a bit more, but it's really articulating the five steps that I talked about before in terms of what the project is um, and uh, what the students have learned along the way. And uh, for Sac City, it's also requiring for a uh, peer recommendation or endorsement and an adult recommendation. It's kind of like a college essay. Uh, so if you're a junior, I don't know what grade grades everyone is, but if, if folks are juniors, they could actually take all the information from the reflection and um, send it as their personal statement for colleges. Uh, so we've again, we've changed it to an a internet portal, a student portal this year and this is usually the timeline in terms of when students uh, would work on their projects usually between January and March and then they just that application process should be fairly quick um, and then they get the seal for their diplomas or transcript by uh, May. Uh, that is it. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions you may have or comments.
0: Um, thank you so much for the presentation. It was awesome. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Okay, um, before we move on I'd just like to say some like stuff myself. I'm in the process of actually like doing the application myself um, and I've used like some of my previous um, civic engagement activities um, and it's it's a really great process. You do learn a lot um, from doing that self-reflection. Um, Oh, sorry. I didn't. I didn't see the queue. Um, it's, yeah. It's it's really great, and I think that um, just like already, what y'all have done with just coming onto the commission and the stuff that we're gonna do this year, um, will basically like fill all the requirements. You just have to get like adult recommenders. Um, yeah, and the the application process and getting the recommenders and those people is like super fast. Okay. Um, Commissioner Segura.
6: Okay, Um, just like in general, if somebody doesn't know where to start um, with looking for civic engagement opportunities so they can obtain the seal, where do you recommend that they begin their research? Where do you recommend that they can start there?
5: I would recommend asking yourself certain questions, right? One is, what are some of the issues that you, you find troublesome, right, whether it's happening in our society? whether it's happening in your neighborhood, whether it's happening in your schools, whether it's happening with your friends. Uh, what are those issues that you think you may have better solutions for? And then you would go about and, and saying, how would I dig into the issue deeper? Are there experts that can provide solutions that have done things around this and can I build on what they have? or? could I do more research? For example, if it's an issue with uh, students in your school, can I actually do a survey of all the students in the school in terms of what some of those problems may be and what some of those solutions might be to provide more insight in terms of the work that you do do, right? Um, And going on from there, but I I think a lot of this is really about feeding your curiosity um, and feeding your agency as well, too, to say that whatever problems you see you can actually do something about it. And you don't have to wait till you're 18. You don't have to wait till you're old enough to vote. You don't have to wait till you're old enough to run for office um, to do this work. Granted, I believe that you all are doing excellent work already in participating in, in being part of this commission. Um, but I, I do think there's value in terms of finding issues that you genuinely care about, not just for a school project, but you know for life because I think there are a lot of big issues that need help Um, and I I don't think the adults really realize how awesome of a resource students are and how wonderful it would be for students to actually apply their learning um, to something that's going to actually impact their own community. I hope that helps in terms of how you go about looking for problems. But there are also, for example, the Global Citizen Project can provide a list of, you know, kind of global uh, human social issues that needs to be solved, whether it's hunger, whether it's poverty, whether it's climate change. So there is some of the bigger things. But I I recommend that you start local, because I I believe the problems and issues that, that students face you'll you'll see a lot more, you'll you'll be a lot more proud of trying to impact those, you know, positively, those around you.
0: Um, Apologies, we're gonna move to public comment and then we'll go back to commissioner comments. Um, Clerk, are there any other members of the public who wish to speak on this item?
1: Thank you, vice chair. I have one member of the public with their hand raised. Colin, uh, call in user two, it is your time to
7: speak. Hello. Yes. My, my name is Lambert Davis and I'm, I'm a huge civic engagement person. And the person who gave the, the, uh, speech uh, was very inspirational to me. Um, I'm the founder of a cheesecake company, but I would like to leave my number and hopefully you'll call me because I was really inspired by what you were talking about regarding the youth in underserved communities. And so the company is called To The Bay and Back Cheesecakes. You can Google that. But my direct number is 916-370-9211. And I hope you call me because I have some ideas about the youth regarding civic engagement. I think that was a wonderful presentation you just did. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
1: Chair, I have no more speakers with their hands raised.
0: Uh, Thank you, Mr. Davis for that public comment. Um, Now we'll move on to commissioner comments again. Um, Commissioner Bizrat.
2: Well, I think that your presentation was really inspirational. Civic engagement is incredibly important for the youth, especially since they will be our future leaders. Um, I had a question regarding the criteria for the seal. Um, so when students do apply, the projects that they start, do you provide assistance for whatever they want to embark? So.
5: I should note that in terms of participating for the state seal civic engagement, each district or charter school has to opt in. Um, So for the students in those uh, called LEAs or local education agencies, um, they have to define their local criteria. The state has provided a baseline in terms of that criteria, but um, each district or charter can adopt that and can go a little bit further um, and so I, I mentioned I support Sac City for the work um, to kind of set things up and I I'll offer it to if you are not far as Sac City to go to your district and say hey if you want to copy any of these documents you don't have to start from scratch and reinvent the wheel um, so I think there's that I, I don't know which district you're in um, but I hope that each district will have support in doing that. So in, in, in Sac City, I made sure that every kid or every stu- high school student will have access to a site coordinator um, to support them through it. If there are questions that anyone doesn't know um, how to move forward with, I back them up. Um, there's also student ambassadors that we support so that if students are more comfortable talking to students, they can do that as well too. Um, and last year I also provided office hours. So I can't say for your district in terms of what your district is willing to do or willing to support for. Um, if you want me to talk to someone in your district, I, I'd be happy to if you provide me context to it.
0: Um, Commissioner Fong. Oh,
3: I was just wondering if for like, you we were talking about like some sort of civic engagement project would that have to be like individual or could you do that with a group?
5: Ideally in groups. Remember again it depends on each uh, district in terms of what they adopt for the criteria. But for Sac City we actually encourage for not only um, mentor uh, recommendations but we also encourage for peer recommendations. Um, And so if a teacher is is actually providing these opportunities and setting up civic engagement projects for students to do then everybody on the team can actually work on the same project and ideally that's actually better because remember we want you to get multiple perspectives and we want you to learn how to collaborate and lean on each other but you can also do it on your, by yourself if that's you know that's more interesting
3: to you
0: commissioner patel
3: Thank you for your presentation. I know that you touched on this briefly, but are there any ways that you recommend that students whose school districts do not have this option? Um, how would students go about like, talking to administration, uh, educating them on this topic? Um, so, again, if if... I
5: would say, if, for example, your district has a history/social science coordinator, that's usually the the easiest uh, initial one. But if you have a favorite teacher, even uh, for them to advocate for it, um, I don't know. Actually, I would let me step back. I would say, maybe talk to your school board and explain what's there, and if you want to, you know, access to my presentation in terms of who has access and make a case for yourself. As I said, advocate for yourself in terms of why couldn't you get access to the state, be recognized by the state for the work that you've contributed to your community. Um, and make the case and ask your board members to um, to approve student access to the state seal civic engagement. Um, and uh, Rhonda could probably share my presentation, but if you need to reach out to me, I could also give you my card.
0: Commissioner Morley.
6: Oh, um, so you briefly touched on, well, firstly, I wanna say thank you so much for your presentation. Um, I was curious. You mentioned um, that you recommend a peer um, recommendation and also an adult recommendation. But I was curious for um, the peer recommendation, what would be some like very like key components to include if you're recommending um, your friend or peer? So I,
5: um, again, I, I, I will keep caveating that each district might be different, right? And for Sac City, we wanted the applications process to be as easy as possible. As I said, it's really a one pager. Um, and with the virtual platform, it, as soon as the emails are typed in, the, uh the email is automatically sent to the recommenders to fill out the recommendation for the student. So it's very limited work. Um, same thing with the recommendations. So um, for example, Alasha, we had a teacher who recommended 19 students, 19 of her students for the state seal civic engagement. And we didn't want her to um, do, you know, write a recommendation for every single student, especially if they were working in projects, that they, she could actually you know, write the same recommendations. The other thing the teachers also asked us to do is to make it as simple as possible. So there's five criteria for the state civic engagement. There is a specific criteria for the project. And what what we have done is we actually had the criteria as check marks for the recommenders to do. And then really one overarching um, summary of how the recommender notices student what the recommender has observed in terms of the student's work and the student's growth. That's how easy it is. But we also want students to practice advocating for one another.
0: Commissioner Mukadar.
6: I just wanted to say thank you. I think your presentation was really nice. Uh, I recently I'm a senior and I recently completed my civic engagement project and I could say that I learned a lot. Um, I had a question regarding what would disqualify a student? Like what would you say would determine, what would you say th- what would determine?
5: <laughs> apologies. So, so uh, again the caveat of each district is different, right? But the goal here isn't to disqualify students. As I said, um, in which case, one case we said even if you didn't make any impact that you had intended to on the community, that is okay, right? It's okay to make mistakes, and that's part of the learning process. The whole point is that we want you to find something that you really value, that you will continue to do the work, whether someone's looking over your shoulder or not, because it's important to you. Um, So, again, I, I don't know for each district, there are certain districts that try to delineate here and there. Uh, In Sac City, they attempted attempted to do a Likert scale in terms of the competencies that we uh, said. And I basically pointed out and said, where's the cutoff point um, for students qualifying for the state seal civic engagement or not? So to me is, if you actually did those competencies, if you demonstrated those knowledge and skills in terms of trying it out, then you qualify. This isn't, this isn't one of those awards that's about you know somebody beating be- being better than somebody else. It's not about the academically inc- inclined and in saying, you know, kind of like this is the highest ranking score of every- everybody else. We are really trying to prepare students to engage, to be motivated, to do something positive in their community. So this is not to turn students off.
0: Awesome. Um, this item is receiving file, so no vote is required. We'll move on to the next item. Thanks, everyone. Item number three is the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment uh, Division and Youth Development Framework Overview. Is there a staff presentation?
8: Yes. Good evening, members of the Commission. My name is Monica Blanco, and I'm the Youth Division Manager with the Department of Youth Parks and Community Enrichment. A little bit about me is I've worked in the field of parks and recreation for a very long time and been a member of this department since 1994. I have a degree in recreation administration from Sac State. I'm known regionally as an expert in the field of youth development, but I will say my very favorite part of my job is being a youth advocate and an adult ally. So let me be uh, one of the first to officially welcome you to your first meeting in council chambers. And a big thank you uh, to all of you for your service and for representing Youth Voice from all over the Sacramento community. A little before I progress through uh, my presentation, there's some things that you should know about the youth division. First and foremost, we are program rich and we focus on critical youth initiatives. Programs are grounded in youth development principles which takes evidence-based best practices that staff use to create programs and spaces that are physically, emotionally, culturally, and psychologically safe, so young people can build healthy social relationships with peers and adults, learn self-advocacy and how to use their voice, practice navigating systems and communities, along with building critical skills that lead to successful adults. So at a glance, this is what the youth division looks like in YPSI, right, so if you look at that middle column, you'll see three big circles. Those represent the units within the youth division. We have youth workforce and development. We have civic engagement, and we also have expanded learning. And I'll talk a little bit about each of those as I move forward. Also in the youth division, we are home to the Youth Resource uh, and Employment Fair, along with the Youth Development Institute. Uh, So the next few slides are taken directly from the handout that you have all received. It looks like this. It's in a different order, so bear with me, but I wanted to start with Civic Engagement Unit for a very good reason, because that's where the Sacramento Youth Commission sits. So we'll start there. Our civic engagement unit serves young people between the ages of 14 to 24. We focus on leadership, governance, advocacy, and public service. And as you know, the Sacramento Youth Commission is that official uh, youth voice in Sacramento. So once again, thank you all for being here. It's also home to our Summer at City Hall program, which offers an immersive civic leadership experience for current 9th through 11th graders in collaboration with Sac City Unified, Twin Rivers Unified, and Atomas Unified School District. Successful graduates earn a $500 stipend and they actually present to City Council um, in July. So, our next unit here is Expanded Learning. This unit serves elementary and middle school students in licensed childcare and ACEs after school program settings on 25 different campuses in Sac City Unified, Twin Rivers Unified, Natomas Unified, and Robles School District. Programs here focus on academic enrichment, social-emotional learning, hands-on STEAM activities, physical play, supervised exploration, and overall health and wellness. In the summer, we add our Summer Oasis programs, which adds additional summer camps, For elementary age students at parks across the city this unit here serves approximately 3500 students annually and those numbers are non-duplicated and expected to increase as we move into post covid conditions and what i mean by non-duplicated is these are individual bodies that we're counting not how many times they are attending programs so those are individuals Okay, and here we have our Workforce Development Unit. This unit serves young people between the ages of 10 and 18 years old. Programs here focus on leadership, self-advocacy, work readiness training, and work-based learning programs. And that also includes uh, the Citywide Youth Resource and Employment Fair. Programs are designed to build from one to the next and support young people throughout their development. Most programs push into community centers and rotate throughout the year. So if you're looking, if you live in one specific area and you're looking at your local community center and you're not seeing one of those programs listed on that handout, stay tuned because it's probably coming around the next season or two. You can always contact us and ask questions, but it's coming, coming to a community center near you. For their service to the city, young people earn either stipends or paychecks, and we're really proud to say at the end of the calendar year in 2022, young people, so our direct investments, which means young people earned money in their pockets right around $1 million. That's in our workforce development. If you add in stipends um, and what is earned here in the civic engagement unit, we are well over $1 million. So we're really proud of those direct investments. This unit here serves approximately 800 young people annually, and once again, those numbers are non-duplicated. And that, they also do not include job fair attendees. So here is our Youth Development Institute. This is a four-day professional level intensive training that is grounded in the principles of the citywide youth development plan and youth development research, what I, which I talked about at the beginning and is led by a certified facilitation team of internal staff. Just a fun fact, several thousand youth practitioners have graduated from YDI since since its inception about 20 years ago. And lastly, I'll conclude with our in-person Youth Resource and Employment Fair. Please join us for the annual fair. This is a great opportunity for young people to connect and collaborate with peers and potential employers. A wide range of resources are available, such as seasonal employment, stipend-based programs, various trade industries, higher education, and public sector careers. The first 200 youth attendees will receive a free swag bag full of very fun things and a food truck uh, lunch voucher, so free lunch that day also. Throughout the day, there will be additional raffles um, to those who are registered um, throughout the day, so make sure Um, This QR code here, if you want to grab uh, grab it real quick, that will actually take you right to the uh, Eventbrite page where you can register. This uh, employment fair is on Saturday, March 25th at City Hall, so right here in City Hall, from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., and it's uh, for for youth ages 13 to 24. That concludes, oh, no, it doesn't, hold on, let me say one more thing. So we do have two flagship, flagship programs in the youth division that are open right now and taking applications. One is our Summer at City Hall program and the other one is our Landscape and Learning program and applications can be found online. With that, that concludes my presentations and I'm happy to take any questions.
0: Thank you so much for the presentation. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you,
1: Vice Chair. I have one member of the public with their hand raised online. Uh, Call in user two. It is your time to speak. Call in user two. Hello? We can hear you.
7: Yes. Uh, this is Lambert again. And as a, a person who has studied YPSI for decades, actually, because I grew up here, uh, there used to be more outreach to the Del Paso Heights community. Um, Twin Rivers was not called Twin Rivers when I was growing up, it was called Grant High School District. And when it became Twin Rivers, People from Del Paso Heights thought that Twin Rivers was more focused on real Linda and Alberta than even Del Paso Heights where they're located. So when I hear this person give a great presentation, I want to make sure that that information is going to Grant High School. Grant High School is 91 years old this year. There should be no lack of outreach or communication to that great high school. Whether it, I wouldn't put it all on Twin Rivers. I would just put their outreach to Grand High School. And then these teenagers in Grand High School would know about all of these different events that they can come participate in. So, with all this technology, there should be no confusion on outreach, especially at Grand High School, because those teenagers need jobs too. And participate in everything you have there thank you
1: thank you for your comments vice chair I have no more members of the public with their hands raised and I have no speaker slips
0: thank you mr. Davis for the comment are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item Seeing no commissioners, this item is received and filed, so no vote is required. We will move on to the next item.
5: Thank you.
0: Item number three is the youth, par- youth Parks and Community Enrichment Division. Um, just I just did that. Next okay. Point. Item Start number point. four um, is the Sacramento Youth Commission New Commissioner. That's awesome. Item number four is the elections. Um, I'd like to make, I'm gonna make a motion to um, postpone the elections to the April business meeting. Um, I think that it'd be best for um, y'all to kind of get like a feel of what the commission is, who's, what your roles are, who's on the commission before you jump into um, a leadership role. Um, I was last year's vice chair. Um, and I'd say that the leadership role, like being in the leadership position is a lot different than being a normal commissioner. You do, um, like you get a lot more like information. You do end up communicating with the adult allies a lot more. You end up planning like a lot more things, being involved in the uh, meetings a lot more. And if that sounds like something that's interesting to you, I would consider, um, either nominating yourself or nominating someone else at the next meeting. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was not super great. Like, since we have a lot of new commissioners, we don't know, like, who wants to do what. Um, So to give you guys a month to kind of think about it before we kind of jump into, like, the whole leadership stuff. Yes, for a second. Okay. Um, Can I second, can I get a second to um, approve that motion? Second. Okay. Motion by Commissioner Sue, and second by Commissioner Segura. Um, can the clerk please call roll? Thank you, Vice Chair.
1: Commissioner Bisrat? Aye. Commissioner Bergen? Aye. Commissioner Fong? Aye. Commissioner Segura? Aye. Commissioner Morley?
6: Aye.
1: Commissioner Mukadar? Aye. Commissioner Obolu is absent. Commissioner Patel. Aye. Commissioner Urban is absent. And Vice Chair Sue.
0: Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Awesome. We'll now move on to our next item. Item number five is the Sacramento Youth Commission new commissioner orientation. Is there a staff presentation?
4: Good evening, I am Mindy Cuppy your city clerk, and I will be presenting this evening. So typically I do an orientation, a one-on-one via Zoom and offer that to everybody, and I think some of you have gone through my orientation, so I apologize, um, but we have so many new commissioners, I think thought it might be a great opportunity to do this in, in this format. So I, uh, my presentation is quick. It takes about 17 minutes if I really talk quick. I'll try not to do that for you. So um, welcome and introductions. We've all met each other. We got to, to get to you know each other earlier. Um, some of the tools that you have are board and commission and committee handbook. You should have received that uh, from Jacob when you um, were appointed. Um, Sacramento City Code 2.40 is boards and commissions generally. That's the municipal code that governs all boards and commissions. I think it's interesting to read, so take a peek at that. The Ralph M. Brown Act is California's sunshine law. Um, we use Rosenberg's rules of order for parliamentary procedure. I think you've all got it, but I'll give you a little briefing on that. City council rules of procedure. The council um, annually adopts rules of procedure. They also govern all city boards, commissions, and committees. So any board, commissioner, committee that's appointed by the council um, is um, follows these same rules. Public records act. Um, political reform act which is conflicts and then we'll talk just briefly about scope of your commission Um, and then typically I turn it over to our city attorney to talk about scope but we can cover that briefly. So you've all gone through this so again the board Commission, and committee handbook if you've not read it I just say take a peek at it we're really proud um, that's the tool we've created over the last couple years. You've already signed your oath of office, so you wouldn't be sitting in your chairs. Um, Most commissioners have um, ethics training and harassment training requirements. Some have fair political practices commission form 700 requirements. That's your statement of economic interest. It talks about um, if you have um, investments somewhere, Um, if you own a home somewhere, probably not likely, but um, it's really like for council members to determine um, they, they shouldn't be making a vote on something if you know, they, if they could have a financial interest in something. Um, we'll talk about conflict of interests. There's not a lot that you would be conflicting out of, but we'll talk about it anyway. So now when you go into, when you're on the Parks Commission in a couple of years, you'll understand um, everything. So then disqualifications or removal. So most commissions um, are... Um, advisory to the council there's some that are quasi-judicial that which means they make binding decisions so um, again most are um, advisory you guys advise the council Um, there is one that's a complaint review so the ethics commission uh, receives complaints and reviews those and then there are a few appeals boards so housing code um, here's appeals um, that come before them okay So I always think this one is silly. You have to come to meetings. I can't hold a meeting if we don't have a quorum. So we need you to attend meetings, notify us of any absences, and then avoid unlawful meetings. So Brown Act violations, we'll go into that in the future. Um, You do need to notify my office, so commissions at cityofsacramento.org if you're going to be absent. Um, Again, we don't want this whole group to show up, and then we have to send everybody home because we don't have a quorum to be able to hold a meeting. Um, Sacramento ethics code the only reason I talk about this is because the ethics Commission their purview are city council members Employees that, that report directly to the city council, so that's um, the city manager, the city attorney, the city clerk, auditor, treasurer, the director of the office of public safety accountability. So anyone can file a complaint against these folks for violations of these items. So I know you're ne- never going to do anything bad, but I think you should know that someone could file a complaint stating that you've, um, you know, you've violated the lobbyist registration and reporting code. You've violated the sunshine ordinance. Typically, that's me violating it. Um, sunshine ordinance states we post when we post agendas um, and how we conduct our meetings. Um, it's very rare but I do point this out that, it's, that there could be a complaint filed. It's never going to happen so don't worry about it. So I mentioned City of Sacramento Chapter 2.40 is boards and commissions in general. So that's kind of your umbrella municipal code that covers boards and commissions. Um, I would take a look at that. I think it's important. Um, and so really it says it's the intent of the city council in enacting this ordinance um, that ensure appointees for positions on the city council, city boards, commissions, and um, possess those high ethical standards required of them to properly fulfill their functions, to disclose any conflicts of interest that would render applicants and appointees ineffective in the performance of their duties, or which would jeopardize the interests of the city and to protect applicants and appointees against untrue allegations with respect to their background and integrity. So, um, so the Ralph Brown Act, um, I mentioned that. So, really, talks about um, everything should be done in an open and public forum. So, as you know, these meetings are v- recorded. Um, we have lots of procedures around it, how to do that, and the reason we make sure all com- all commissions follow the same rules. So, if you participate in a parks committee, commission meeting, a disability advisory commission meeting, um, it'll have the same agenda format, the same flow, uh, the voting is the same. So. Um, Brown Act really states that everything is open and public and the public has the right to access. Okay. So there are some Brown Act exceptions. So conferences, um, you guys have capacity building meetings, those are trainings. So those are considered conferences. So you're not talking about the um, business of this commission, you're really learning and educating. So that's why um, those are exceptions. If you attended a community meeting together, you could. Um, Uh, Other meetings of legislative bodies, so the whole Sacramento Youth Commission could come into a council meeting um, and participate in that meeting. Um, Informal gatherings too. I always tend to point out too that um, there could be a perception, so think about perception too. Like if you saw the whole city council um, at an event um, and they were just milling around, not a big deal, but if you saw them all sitting at a table talking to each other, you might think, huh, are they going to talk about what they're voting on tomorrow? Likely not, they're probably just chatting, but the perception is sometimes reality. Okay, so I like to point this one out. So, Brown Act, one, you cannot communicate with a quorum of your commission. So, um, with that being said, that can be by text message, that can be by email. You'll probably notice when you get emails from us, um, they're always blind CC. That's so you don't inadvertently reply and say, oh yeah, that's a great, I'm so looking forward to voting on that, I'm definitely in favor of it. You would be inadvertently talking about the business of your commission outside the public forum, okay? Um, there's ways to violate them, to violate the Brown Act um, inadvertently. So in this example in the very top, so Green Lantern talks to Batman, Batman talks to Superman, Superman talks to Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman talks to The Flash. They've now talked to a quorum of their members, of the members of their legislative body. Same thing in the bottom example, one person talks to a quorum and and finds out, you know, what are we going to vote on this, we're going to talk about the item, Um, that would be a violation of the Brown Act. You can always, if you're talking to less than a quorum, you can reach out to one of your colleagues and say, gosh, I don't understand this report, and talk through it, as long as you're talking with less than a quorum. Okay. So um, the Brown Act says that regular meeting agendas are posted 72 hours in advance. Um, The city has a sunshine ordinance that extends that deadline to 120 hours in advance. So your agendas are always posted um, in that time frame. Your location is always accessible to the public. Um, Agendas state your meeting time, place, a brief description um, of each business item. And you can't take action on any item that's not on the agenda. So um, I always find that awkward. Sometimes under matters not on the agenda, people will make comments and say, I want to talk about leaf blowers. Well, you guys cannot... Address that unless it's on your agenda, so you can't say, "Gosh, I, I really want to do that." However, um, in that instance, you could say, "You know, staff, I'd like you to put this on a future agenda. I think this is something we should talk about." And then staff would put it on a future agenda if it has something to do with the purview of your commission. So, as youth commissioners, leaf blowers, maybe, maybe not. So that would be staffs um, making sure that that happens. Okay. Um, so um, I, and I always think of an agenda is. Um, I, it gives the commissioners, you know what we're going to talk about, but it also lets the members of the public know, wow, I should really drive downtown. I want to be engaged in that conversation or I should dial in. We are going to continue to offer um, Zoom participation for members of the public. Of course Brown Act doesn't allow you to continue to be remote, um, but members of the public will still have that opportunity. Okay um, So as you heard tonight, members of the public can comment on any agenda item. Um, the council rules of procedure say they can comment on four agenda items. Consent calendars is considered one agenda item, so they can, can they can speak four times during each meeting. Okay. Um, we can't prohibit criticism. So the only reason we can stop somebody from speaking is they're disrupting the meeting such that we cannot conduct business. Okay, so they can yell at me. They could. They're not going to yell at you guys, but sometimes people don't like what the council does, um, and they do make, um, they are vocal about that. So um, we cannot stop that meeting unless they're actually disrupting the conduct of business. Okay, Um, The legislative body can further limit um, or extend um, speaker times as long as it's consistently applied. So for instance, during budget time, we had 250 people. So they all got one minute to speak, and that still took all night long. However, redistricting, um, they had a lot of things to say, so the chair decided they're gonna get four minutes each, so we let people, as long as it's consistently applied. If you've ever listened to a council meeting, I have the um, opportunity to interrupt people when they get to their two minutes, and that's because I'm treating everyone consistently. So whatever the message is, um, they, they get their two minutes, period, and I can't, if I extend it for one person, I have to extend it for everyone. So one thing that I really like is e-comments. So once an agenda is posted, if you look at the image on the bottom left, um, you can click on e-comments and make e-comments on any agenda item. And as a commissioner, you can go in and see what people are saying. So I think that's really powerful. You could, days before your meeting, go in and see if people are commenting on an agenda item. Okay? And then on the, the image on the bottom right, if there are comments, they'll be on the, um, the bottom left. It says a comment is there. Um, So Brown Act violations, we're not going to do this, so um, I'm not going to really go into it, but really we just do a do-over. So if there's a Brown Act violation, we just would hear the item again is the typical process. Um, We had, for instance, um, during COVID, we had this crazy phone-in system, um, and the Planning Design Commission had a public hearing, so the phone system went down. Um, Our attorney's office opined that, no, we did everything we could to make sure the public could participate um, in this crazy time. But we decided let's just do the hearing over again to make sure that we're doing everything legally. So that's the typical. There are other things. There could be court action or criminal penalties. Um, Parliamentary procedure. Um, So basically it's how you conduct yourself during a meeting. So we talk about quorum. Quorum of this commission is um, one more than half of those in office. That's the easiest way to, to, to figure it out. Um, the uh, role of the chair is really, um, as Leo mentioned, or Commissioner Sue uh, mentioned, that uh, the role of the chair is to make sure that everybody's voice is heard, members of the public, commissioners, um, and that the flow of the meeting continues productively. So um, you guys have three basic motions. I think you guys got that already today. But really someone would make a motion, usually it's like uh, make a motion um, to approve the staff recommendation. Someone would second it. Um, There are a motion to amend. So um, the basic motion, you have a a a motion and a second. Um, We can then vote on it, but someone could make a motion to amend. So the first motion could have been um, the motion, the staff recommendation was to buy yellow pencils. Um, Someone might say, you know, but I think yellow and purple are good. So let's do yellow and purple. The the person that made the motion and the person that second have to agree to that amendment. Um, And then we could vote on it, but then there's another one somebody could make a substitute motion So before we vote somebody could say oh no no no. I don't want pens. I don't want pencils at all I want pens let's use sharpies, so that would be a substitute motion So the way you vote on those is they all stack on top of each other So your substitute motion um, you vote on that first if it's successful We're done if it's not you go down to the second and then you go down to the basic motion Um, I think this Commission doesn't get that crazy, but um, other legislative bodies sometimes do Um, and um, Like I said when you're now when you're on the Parks Commission um, in three years, you'll know how to make those motions. Okay, so I'm voting on motions typically simple majority Um, So I always count on my fingers if there's ten people okay, we need six to pass right? Um, so Most commissions are that way your typical vote is yes or no Um, so now that we're in person, we don't have to do roll call anymore. So um, for a virtual platform, you had to do roll call because we were virtual. Now that you're back in chambers, so the chair can now say all in favor say aye or signify by aye. You'll aye and you'll say no, you know, opposed and listen for people to say opposed and then abstain. Or recuse so um, an abstention is is a no position no vote so you were appointed because we want your opinion So I always encourage people to don't do that You know don't abstain from voting on something because we really want your opinion and then recusal would be really typically a financial conflict And there's probably not a lot of those in here But I will ask miss Gorda to chime in if she has any good examples on a financial Conflict that you guys might have okay, so then if it's a tie vote the motion is defeated So, hearing all voices, this is one I always think is funny too. Play nice, don't interrupt people, Um, use your queuing system here um, in chambers so that the chair can call on you in the order. Um, Debate and discussion is healthy. So, um, you know, argue with each other, you know, share your viewpoints, um, and ask questions. So, if you have a question on an agenda item, the members of the public do too. And probably another one of you sitting at the dais has the same question. So council rules of procedure, we talked a little bit about this. So it really covers the duties and conduct of members and staff, conduct of the public, um, talks about the order of an agenda. If you notice, your agenda is the same order as the city council. Um, It talks about requests for future agenda items. So at the end of your agenda, there's always a comments, ideas, and questions section. This is the appropriate place for you to ask staff to bring something back to you. So if you want data, if you wanted an agenda item, um, but typically we'll create a log and then make sure that we bring those back to you. So Public Records Act, um, not necessarily, but all city business is open to the public. If you think about it that way, so any record, so if somebody calls and wants my notes here, okay, if they're my notes, um, it would not be something we disclose. But if somebody wants this presentation, um, if somebody wants my credit card statement, they get it. So, um, and I only point this out because if you guys are creating documents, so if someone's doing, you're doing some analysis on one of the the staff report items, um, and then you pass out to your colleagues a document, that could be a public record. So I always think if you don't want it on the front page of the B, don't put it in an email, don't put it in a text. And public records are also, like I said, um, be text message. It could be in person. um, Every it's text message, emails, and so forth. So don't put anything in an email that you don't want somebody to be disclosed. There's tons and tons of exceptions, but um, I just share that because um, as as a public agency, um, most things. I want to say most things, but of course, there's lots of exceptions. So again, um, any document, a writing, so um, anything about the conduct of the business. So I always point out. So a text message, um, if you send a text message, you know, from one person to the another person about the agenda item you're talking about, that could be a record. Um, if you were sending a text to say, "Hey, we're running late. You know, don't pick me up until 9:30," that has nothing to do with the conduct of the city's business. So. Okay. And of course, transitory communications and copies and drafts are not. So, Political Reform Act. So, I point this one out. It says um, it prohibits you from making a decision or attempting to influence a decision if you have a reasonably foreseeable financial effect. Okay. So, how this could happen. So, um, say you're a parks commissioner and um, they're building an aquatic center across the street from your house. And you own this house. The value of your house probably could go up, right, or down. I don't know, um, but that you could have a, a, a possible financial interest in it. So, um, say there's a vote um, for a grant agreement, um, and uh, your parents, you know, own the company that's getting the grant. Probably not a good idea to to vote on something. And I always encourage you to talk to your attorney, because if you lean over and say, you know, gosh, my my uncle. Works at that company. They don't have time to really do the analysis and sometimes it's super complex. So um, if you think you have a financial interest, most of your agenda items I don't think you're going to but um, I share this so you can learn more. Okay. So if you have a conflict, again call your attorney, call your attorney, call your attorney um, and, and you could recuse from an item um, but if you think you have um, a, a conflict, reach out to the attorneys. Okay. Um, so your board commission or committee scope. So I encourage you to go to the municipal code. So the municipal code is the laws of the city. And take a peek at what your code says. So um, our websites can say different things, but the code is actually the black and white, that's where it it is. Um, And so that's online. So the youth commission, here's the purpose of your commission. Um, So we were established for providing advice on matters related to youth which is defined as individuals between 14 and 24. And so the powers and the duties of your commission, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with this, but really it's to make recommendations to the city council. Any questions on that? Um, I plug the handbook again. We're really proud of what we've created. There's um, a handbook to take a peek at. Um, If you haven't read through it, at least take a look at the table of contents so you know where things are. And then in the very back, there's a lot of resources. So if I have completely intrigued you and you want to learn more about the Ralph M. Brown Act, there's links in this document to some, some more data. Um, the, the Brown Act is one that um, is a League of California Cities document. And it's written in really easy terms to understand. It'll talk to you about closed session agendas. So if I have really intrigued you about the Brown Act, go there and find out more. Okay. And um, that concludes my presentation. I'm available for questions, should you have any.
0: Thank you so much for your presentation. Um, clerk, are there any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item?
1: Thank you, Vice Chair. I have one member of the public with their hand raised online. Uh, Mr. Davis, it is now your time to speak.
7: Yes, this is uh, Lambert Davis again. I'm, I'm very familiar with how many times I can speak, and I, I actually learned that from listening to Minty. The actual... Uh, I'm speaking to the Youth Commission now. What you just heard is really integrity and clarity. I mean, it's a short presentation, but if you really want to understand what was just presented to you, if it was too much for you to grasp at one time, then reach out to Minty, because she is what I consider the uh, conscious of City Hall. In, in, in terms of integrity, because you need clarity and integrity when you're dealing with City Hall, and I deal with City Hall on many fronts, but in terms of clarity, because I'm, I'm, I'm studying City Hall like I'm trying to get a degree, and in order to get a degree, you can't study too long, because I was taught a long time ago, and I'm passing this on to the youth commissioners. If you study too long, you're studying wrong. So focus in on what Minty presented to you because it is definitely going to help you with clarity. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Vice Chair, I have no more hands raised online, and I have no members of the public in chambers.
0: Thank you for the presentation again. Um, are there any commissioners who would wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Morley.
6: Um, I just wanted to say thank you for presenting this because I know we were all sent um, a PDF or slides about it, but it helps a lot when you're able to have this explained to you because I know Um, I cannot just sit down and read a bunch of documents like I knew that like you can't be corrupt and you know go Hey, we're gonna vote on this. So you should vote on that But I mean like actually like having you do a rundown really helped me. So thank you so much
0: Seeing no other commissioners we will move to the next item the next item is commission comments ideas and questions Um, This is basically where we just go through, um, the clerk will call roll, and you just talk about what you've been doing recently to engage in your community, uplift youth voice and stuff like that. I know it's our first meeting, so this may not be like the number one on your priority list, but for future meetings, this is what we do. um, At the very end, just to kind of get a feel for where everyone's at um, and kind of share what we're doing um, as youth commissioners in our community. Yeah. So, uh, clerk, will you call roll for the commissioners? Uh,
1: Commissioner Patel.
3: Um, present. So, what I've been doing in my community is talking to... The people at my school about what they want to see change, and also um, kind of trying to talk to the adults about how to implement that change.
1: Commissioner Bizrat.
2: Um, well, mainly what I've been doing recently is as um, part of ASP board at my school, I have been gathering what types of similarly to Malini um, what my peers are interested in seeing, change that they want to see, and getting in contact with um, local representatives, mainly District 1 representatives, um, to see if we can. Implement new programs or new enrichment activities for my peers to participate in so that they're more involved with their community.
1: Commissioner Segura.
6: Um, Within my community, I'm a part of SAC, which is a district um, youth board um, at SUSD. So we've been working on a few different policy changes within SUSD to try to make those changes um, come to light. So we've been talking with different heads uh, within SUSD um, who can help guide us through those. So we're starting to launch some of those projects.
1: Commissioner Bergen.
6: No comments.
1: Commissioner Fong.
3: So um, last weekend, I was at a Model UN conference where we talked about how colonialism affects um, a lot of countries, especially in Africa. And then we specifically talked about climate change and mental health and how we can get like infrastructure throughout the world instead of just in more developed countries. And then a more recent develop is I've been working with my Girl Scout troop. We're in the beginning of working on our silver award and we're doing train derailments and trying to change policies so that there's less likelihood of train derailments, which can negatively impact the environment and neighbourhoods.
1: Commissioner Morley.
6: Um, So in these past few weeks, my school, um, C.K. McClatchy, offered Black Parent Involvement Day. So I was able to um, take on the role as an ambassador and help um, black parents around the school when they were trying to um, shadow in their children's classrooms and that sort of thing. Um, I also recently got into um, a prestigious pre-college program where I'll be able to study politics and law this summer. So I'm very excited for that because I'm given the opportunity to um, basically provide my um, city with representation going um, farther than California. So I'm very excited about that and I'll be sure to keep you guys in the loop. That's all I have to share.
1: Commissioner Mukadar.
6: I've recently been hired as a student ambassador at my school where I've been able to help implement new ideas and create new programs and really make our after-school program a better place.
1: Commissioners Urban and Ebolu are both absent. Commissioner Sue, or Vice Chair Sue, rather.
0: Um, So I know I talked about this um, at the last meeting, but um, post Measure L passing, um, I've been working with SAC Kids First. They're gathering um, their group of local nonprofits together to go do a retreat to talk about how they're going to deal with the um, distribution of funds after Measure L. Um, I'm also really excited with the work that the Commission as a whole is gonna do on Measure L this year. Um, Measure L specifically cites that um, the Advisory Commission, which is created to allocate the funds, will specifically work with the Youth Commission on which programs and opportunities measure l's funds should um, distribute money to so i think that will become like a big part of the work that we start to do in this commission Um, for those who don't know sorry just backtracking measure l um, creates a youth um, funding a youth source a permanent source of youth funding inside of the city it takes 40 percent of the projected annual cannabis funds and gives it specifically to youth, targeting um, underrepresented youth and youth from minority communities. Um, this is what like, I did my um, civic um, engagement project on. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to integrating those two parts of like, my civic engagement and trying to get y'all so we can really um, make some positive impact on where we're going to allocate these funds um, for Measure L. Um, okay. Uh, thank you, Clerk. Um, this concludes today's agenda. Oh, oh um, any public comments um, on this item? Matters not on the agenda. You, oh, okay. Uh, public comment on matters not on the agenda.
1: Thank you, Vice Chair.
0: I have one member of the public with their
1: hand raised. Mr. Davis, it is your time to speak.
7: Yes. Uh, I'm going to try to enlighten the youth when I make this statement. Get a chance, you Google to the Bay and Back cheesecakes. This is a family-owned cheesecake business that was founded in an underserved community, Del Paso Heights. And during the Super Bowl and Valentine's, some of my family members and their friends, I listened to the millennials. And they were all nationalities. And they told me, why don't you link the website to the Super Bowl? Well, I said, what would that accomplish? They said it could go viral. Well, I'm learning viral. And what happened was it went viral enough that we got a major commitment in e-commerce. Now, I'm a baby boomer. I'm learning e-commerce as I go. And it's huge in the Bay Area for us. So shout out to the millennials, shout out to all nationalities and cultures that were involved in this. And it proves that cheesecakes appeals to every race in most cultures in both sexes. And a cheesecake cannot be made by a computer. It has to be made by a crew. And we will be hiring. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comment. Vice Chair, I have no members online with their hands raised to speak and no members of the public in chambers.
0: Awesome. Um, Unless there are any other commissioner comments, uh, that concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. This meeting is adjourned at 725 p.m.